Without the ones like you, who work tirelessly to keep things running, everything would suddenly stop. Hospitals, factories, schools, and power plants, they all depend on you. No matter the weather, emergency, or time of day, you're the ones who get it done. At Granger, we're here for you with professional grade industrial supplies. Count on real time product availability and fast delivery. Call clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done. This is Jeff Ladoton, Believe in Chiefs on the Believe Podcast Network, Kansas City's number one sports podcast. The only place with a show for every team in Casey and more. We believe in our teams. Do you believe? On this week's show, we're from Radio Row in Miami, Super Bowl 54. I'm here with Joe Valerio, former Chiefs offensive lineman, and we're going to break down this matchup. Chiefs and the Kansas City, excuse me, with the Kansas City Chiefs and the San Francisco 49ers. Um, I'm live on the scene here. I'm kind of, my status is like I feel that I've either really been very, ravenously hungry or have to go to the bathroom. It kind of tilts between the <laughs> two of those. I'm sure that's the kind of insight that listeners really want. Obviously, that's not the case at all. So we're going to dig into the game, match up with somebody who could really break it down here in Joe Valerio. Uh, the challenges of sports broadcasting, right, Jeff? Hunger, restroom breaks, you know, who, who knows what, what's around the bend for, for a great sportscaster uh, like you. But, yeah, th- this is, man, what a matchup. I, you know, as this game has gotten closer and closer and we're digging more deeply into the matchups and what this game uh, is going to turn out to be, it's getting more exciting for someone like me because as an offensive lineman, and look, of course I'm going to be partial to what happens up front. and and But I truly do believe that games like this are won in the trench. And I think the biggest matchup, not just the individual matchups that are going to happen on the line, right? You know, Mitch Schwartz, you know, against Bosa, right? Like, yeah, there's going to be those individual hand battles and foot battles and body battles that are going to be going on in the trenches. I truly believe what is going to be the biggest matchup is going to be Patrick Mahomes against the 49ers defensive line. Not to diminish what the you know guards, tackles, and centers need to do for the Chiefs. But I was talking with Brandon Copeland over the weekend, and he's a rush end for the New York uh, New York uh, New York Jets. And we went you know he went to we went to same college, and we happened to be at the ball banquet, and we were talking about. You know, the fact that I had never really played with a quarterback like Patrick Mahomes. I never actually witnessed live a quarterback like Patrick Mahomes during my playing days, right? It was the days of Elway, Marino, Montana, straight drop back quarterbacks, you know, that, that commanded the offense. Maybe Randall Cunningham, Warren Moon might have come close to a Pat Mahomes, but not really. And I said to Brandon, I said, Brandon, how do you rush a quarterback like that, right? You're a rush end. You're, you're a premier rush end in the NFL. How do you, he said, Joe, you don't. He said, because when you rush a guy like Pat Mahomes, he's going to get you. And, and, you know, if you have a traditional rush where, you know, you're bringing your guys off the end, collapse middle, Patrick Mahomes is going to find a bubble in that rush. He's going to step up and he's going to make a play. Not because he's looking to run, because what Brandon and I talked about is that Pat Mahomes is a quarterback first. He's making all the right reads first. The running only comes because he's a great athlete. It's not because he's thinking about it. 
And I just thought that was such good insight coming yeah, from, you know, a rush end who's like a Bosa type. Like um, if you're familiar with the Jets and, and, and Brandon Copeland, he's, he's built a lot like Bosa. He, he rushes like Bosa. And I just thought that was really good insight. And I really think that's a matchup. I hope the Chiefs watch is looking that crazy good rush and great defensive line that the Niners have, how Pat Mahomes takes advantage of how they rush and how he um, takes advantage of those little bubbles and the little pockets that he finds either inside or outside of the rush. So I'm, I'm really excited about fans watching that. That's a great point by both you and Copeland. And Andy Reid has even said that, that, uh, you know, Patrick Mahomes, he's, he has a four, he ran a four, eight, 40, you know, a solid for a quarterback, but he's not a burner. He's not a guy you would think that is going to no. lead the team in both in rushing in both playoff games. The reason he's done that is, like you said, the teams are trying to take away the deep pass. They on that spectacular mm-hmm. run against um, the Titans, which is forever going to be remembered in, in Chiefs history. Yeah. On that touchdown run, Tyreek Hill was double covered. Travis Kelsey was double covered, and so there was all this running space and yeah. that's what led to it uh to your point yeah, yeah defense yeah. line i really think that's the key of the game as you said i think this is the best defensive line in football um and just the names they can bring the forest buckner eric armstead mm-hmm. bosa you know solomon thomas was a top five pick and he he's just like a rot- rotational guy yeah. um yeah do you agree joe do you think this is the best defensive line in football if, if, if not in football, definitely the best defensive line that the Chiefs will play this year, which yeah. really, that's, that's kind of all that matters right now. You right. know, to think if you, if you really think about it, whether they're the best in the NFL, you, you could certainly debate that. And I, and I do agree with you, Jeff, that they could be, they are up there with, with the best defensive lines, for sure. Because um, they're solid across the board. Just something we talked about in our last pod, right? They are... They, this is a team made up of A's and B pluses and and like C pluses and B's all across the board. They don't have, you know, that one superstar that you, you can focus on. There, it's it's going to take a team effort to to attack this defensive line because they're solid across every position. So yes, I agree. They could absolutely be deemed the best D line in the NFL. But, you know, the most important thing is they're the best D-line that the Chiefs are going to face all year. And it's happening in the Super Bowl, which has got to be so exciting for our boys up front. I mean, I can't wait. They, they have improved each and every game. They have gotten better. They have gelled. Stefan Wisniewski has jumped in there, you know, to kind of really for Andrew Wiley to, you know, fill that spot with injury and things. So, you know, the Chiefs have done all the right things. Uh, Coach Heck. Eric, Bienemy, Coach Reed, you know, putting his input in, I'm sure, as a guy who loves offensive linemen. You know, they've done all the right things to to make this thing work. And I'm I'm really excited to to see, you know, Mitch Schwartz and the gang who I'm still ticked off about him getting snubbed for the Pro Bowl. Uh, you know, I think they're they're gonna be up for the challenge. I really do feel like Coach Reed is gonna have this team super pre- prepared for this game and especially up front on the O line. You mentioned they're a team of mostly, you know, they're a complete team. And you said like a lot of B-plus guys, which is not a slight. We, we're saying no, it's B not. Plus yeah. of, uh, among the best athletes in the world. Like we, we all get that. They're a complete team with a lot of holes. One of the guys who is an A-plus on this team is, uh, is George Kittle. And one of the things I'm really excited to see is I know they're not against each other. They're not matching up against each other. But as we talked about, Mahomes and Watson, their teams are um, up against each other. 
the Kittle, George Kittle and Travis Kelsey will be a lot of fun to watch. And it's a really cool relationship, Joe. Um, they're friendly. Um, George Kittle this week said how he watched all of Travis Kelsey's film, just religiously, that he, he's really impressed by him. Uh, Kelsey sent him his Christmas gift, his own jersey, his 87 jersey with the Chiefs. And Kittle said how much that meant to him. It, the ties are incredible. Yeah. Um, Kelsey, obviously, the great, one of the greatest tight ends ever, the greatest Chiefs tight end since Tony Gonzalez, guy you played with. Mm-hmm. Um, Tony Gonzalez coach, we call the tight end whisperer, John Embry, is George Kittle's yeah. position coach. I mean, it's uh, yeah. so I've tried, I yeah. saw Tony Gonzalez this week, I tried to get him uh, to weigh in on who the best tight end was. He, he wasn't fighting. He said, like, What kind of question is that? Yeah. You know? um, yeah. Uh, they're a little different, right? Right, Jeff. They're a little different. They 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 play a little differently. You know, the Travis is, has his 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 run blocking has improved dramatically. You know, I think um, Kittle might have the edge there. But you know, if you're not working on something every day, it's not part of your repertoire. You don't expect to be the best, right? It's 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 not what Travis does every day. Um, but you know, the the Forty ers the way that they run the ball. And, and the different sets that they use, sometimes with two tailbacks, you know, you have to have a tight end that can that can block, right? And and I'm sure he's, you know, really learning those skills. So I think they are a little different. So it's not like comparing apples and oranges. It's like it's like comparing two different types of apples, right? Like it's it's the Macintosh apple versus a Honeycrisp apple, right? Because they're they taste a little different, but they still are the same family. And, and, you know, I guess I'm sorry to feed into your hunger pangs that you're having there <laughs> to go back to your original comment talking about apples and snacks. But the, you know, I, I think they are, um, I think they're going to feed off of each other. And while they're literally not going to go, they're not going to be on the field at the same time ever during this game. They absolutely are going to be other as they're oh, running yeah. their they're own fiery. routes. The, the, another their similarity own between these guys, they're fiery dudes. You know, they're, they're, they're as competitive. Yeah. Everybody's yeah. competitor. Everybody. But yeah, they're gonna feed off that. Sure. Respect. Yeah, I'm excited about that quote matchup. I really am. I think f- fans should really watch. You know, when you when you see the pre-snap read, and you see Mahomes and Garoppolo come up to the line. Just please, fans, look and watch where Kittle and 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 Travis Kelsey are. Just take a look, find them on the field because they're right now the two guys that are setting up these offenses for sure. Um, another. Uh, you, you described them as two different versions of apples. Gonzalez had another cool analogy. He said, it's like, what do you want? He's like, do you want, do you want like a ride in a truck? Do you want to ride in a Hemi like, uh, like Kelsey? Or do you want yeah. like a Mercedes yeah. to cruise around? I thought that was a cool analogy. Yeah. Um, some, something else to watch. Yeah. I'm hungry, so I couldn't think of cars. <laughs> <laughs> um, you know, something else to watch it for fans. Uh, when you're watching the Niners, the key to the game is uh, Kyle Juszczyk, their fullback. You know, if you kind of watch where he goes, that's usually where the play goes. The 49ers are very old school. They run 21 personnel more than anyone in the league. What mm-hmm. we mean by that yeah. is a fullback, a running back, two wide receivers, a tight end, kind of a very standard offense. Yeah, but very it, standard pro offense. I mean – can we trust Kyle Uchek in the big game? I mean, do Ivy Leaguers do they show up in the big game, Joe? <laughs> I hope so. You know, I hope I hope he's there repping repping the Ivies. We have a, a we have a hashtag in the Ivy League that we use uh, hashtag one Ivy. 
you know, because we all kind of have to stick together, right? Because as I think I may have said in an earlier podcast, my transition, you know, from the Ivy was, uh, you know, I always joke, I was blocking Biff McNutty from Harvard, and then I was going against Howie Long, uh, you know. Oh, I, th- I think he certainly, I think the 49ers have put their trust in him. Um, I, you know, look, I love what we do offensively in Kansas City. I'm also a traditionalist too. And I, I do, you know, I do sort of in a, in, a, in, a, in a kind of a strange way, admire a little bit what the 49ers are doing with that typical pro offense. Cause that's how I grew up, right? I grew up with a, t- a fullback, a tailback, a couple wide receivers, a nice big tight end who could kind of do it all. Uh, usually in, in the offenses that I was used to, you know, go back to the Jonathan Hayes of the world, right? They were, they were tackles in disguise. Uh, you know, they were just tackles with, with, you know, awesome bodies. <laughs> so, and not big guts like we had. Um, and, and so I do, I do think it's uh, interesting to watch the two, the diversity of style that, that the, uh, both of these offenses bring to the table. They're both very productive. They're both, you know, score a lot of points. Um, and, and, uh, you know, that, um, you know, watching the, the differences in their offense is going to be really fun. And if you want to make a bet on the Chiefs in this Super Bowl, head over to mybookie.ag to make your prediction on reality. MyBookie is one of the most trusted sports in the industry. MyBookie has the fastest payouts, the best promotions, and a very helpful 24-7 customer service. If you join right now, MyBookie will match your plaza halfway all the way up to $1,000. That means if you deposit $2,000, you'll get an extra $1,000 on your money. All you have to do is use our promo code BLB. Once again, that's the promo code BLB. We'll get you some stats for my bet, win, get paid. And in this game, there's so many cool connections between the 49ers and Chiefs. Um, you even look at the coaching staffs. Uh, Kyle Shanahan, his dad was the offensive coordinator of the, of the 49ers when they won their last Super Bowl. He's of the West Coast offense, the Bill Walsh lineage, and of course, so is Andy Reid coming from the Mike Holgerman who coached under. Lost so many cool connections. You think of the quarterbacks of the year, Alex Smith, uh, guys you've played with, Elvis Burbach, Steve Bono, and of course, probably the biggest connection when we think of this team, I think of this as the Joe Montana Super Bowl. You caught passes for him, you blocked for him. Give us, Joe, give us a cool uh, Joe Montana story for uh, for people because he he's such a big part of of this game. You know, yeah, I, Joe Montana. My gosh, you know, my one of my favorite stories of Joe Montana was what I I even today I preach it in 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 the world that I live in now and and, and working in you know financial services and working in business. Um, Joe Montana was the was a guy that meeting room right. He's going to our team. And taking nothing against all the other great quarterbacks that played for Kansas City. And when we put in our playbook, Paul Hackett gets up in front of the room. You know, Marty, Marty was a hero to us because he was a guy, when you look back on being able to go from smash mouth football to the West Coast in one season because Marty knew it was the right thing to do. How courageous was that, right, for a guy to really flip the, the narrative? So Joe Montana gets in the room. Paul Hackett starts implementing the plays at minicamp. And he says, okay, guys, we're going to put in a couple of plays a day. We're going to put in like one or two running plays, one or two passing plays. At the end of minicamp, we'll have 10, 15 plays in the playbook out of like 50 or 60 that were, you know, in the West Coast offense. 
So he says, first play we're going to put in is 38-39 whack, which was a, a reverse uh, pivot by the quarterback and a pitch out to the tailback. And, you know, Joe Montana had probably run that play 5,000 times in the playoffs with Roger Craig. Not just in practice, just in the playoffs. So Joe Montana, when, when Paul Hackett was putting the play in, Joe Montana took like three pages of notes and asked like seven questions on what was literally the easiest play in our entire playbook. It was, like I said, a reverse pivot by the quarterback, gets the ball from center, pitches it to the tailback, and the, the front side guard pulls and blocks the, you know, blocks the, uh, the, any defensive back that was in the way. And we, we kind of was a man blocking scheme. And Joe Montana looked as if he was a rookie taking notes on a play that he had probably run, like I said, 5,000 times in the playoffs. And right there and then I said, there is a guy who is never going to take anything for granted. He, you know, here's a guy that had trouble raising his hands to ask a question because he had four Super Bowl rings hanging on his hand, right? And 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 he asked question after question about footwork and placement of the ball and placement of the guard and the center and the tackle and the relationship. And we're putting in. And I said, I that I there is no substitute for never being satisfied with where you are in the status quo. And I said that was a lesson I can take with me for the rest of my life. You are a leader. He is a leader by example. He took all the notes he needed to take. He was always on time to meetings. He was the first guy at the stadium getting his treatment and his workout in. And the last guy to leave because he was running extra routes with younger receivers, you know, working on footwork with the centers, whatever he needed to do. First guy there, last guy to leave. And if there was any player that I ever played with, all of them, Derek Thomas, Neil Smith, you know, Will Shields, you know, Marcus Allen, there was a guy that if there was anybody I played with that could literally check it in and just check in. He could check in. What did Joe Montana need to come to the stadium early for and leave late? The guy was the greatest of all time. But, no, he was. First guy there, last guy to leave. Unbelievable. I tell people all the time when they ask about Joe Montana and they want to talk about Super Bowls, they want to talk about rings, they want to talk about MVPs, that's what I tell them about Joe Montana. He was a leader by example who never took anything for granted and cared about his players and never berated any of them when, when they went, he always put it on himself. And that's probably the best thing I can say about him, Jeff, you know, for, for fans that don't know Joe, that. That is such a cool story because it also gives some insight, goes a little bit against uh, narrative too. I think most people, Joe Montana, they think of, Oh, he was just this cool customer, you know, the John Candy game. And so sure. the Super Bowl, he's like, and people think, I think the narrative gets lost with them. How like I didn't realize that he was that detail oriented, that hard to work. I think there's yeah, kind Jeff. Of California cool, you know that. But he it sounds like he was kind of a grinder. Oh my God, he was a Pittsburgh, you know, grinder. You know, I mean that's what he was. He was a Primani Brothers coleslaw and French fries on your sandwich. Those grinded out guy. guys, right? Monongahela, baby. And I'm telling you, Jeff. You know, you know, you bring up a, a fantastic point. I, the John Candy story with Harris Barton and Harris got, to, I had, I had a chance to spend some time with Harris at Joe's retirement celebrations out in California. Harris and I had the same agent. So we, we, we got to know each other and I, he would, he told me that story and there was literally no exaggeration about that story. That is a 100% truly accurate story directly from the mouth of Harris Barton. But let me tell you, Jeff, you bring up a great point. Going back to if you could describe the story just in case we have 
younger listeners sure. that don't remember how Harris Barton told that story of the Super Bowl. Sure. So what I know of Harris and, and, and having you know been friends with him, you know, Harris was one of those offensive linemen who, you know, he was, for, for lack of better terms, and I don't want to speak out of school, he, he, like me, I was kind of in that same mold. I was very uptight. Like, you know, like I wasn't a very loose player. I had fun on the field, but, you know, I was always thinking about the next play. So Harris was basically, you know, completely wound up about the game-winning drive when the 49ers were down against the Bengals, who were an underdog, by the way. And the 49ers are down. They got to drive, you know, what, 80, 90 yards, whatever yard line they started on. I can't remember. So they got – this is the biggest drive of their entire careers, right? Because it's the one in front of them, and it's in the biggest stage in the world in the Super Bowl. So – Joe knew that Harris was uptight. He knew that he was, you know, getting ready to just, you know, just upchuck in his mouth. Like this, the fact that this drive needed to happen. So Joe sees John Candy on the sideline. And to loosen Harris up, he's like, because of TV timeout, he looks over and he says, oh, my gosh, John Candy over there. Take a look, guys. It's John. I'm getting his autograph. He's like, like, Joe's basically, I'm getting his autograph after the game. Because I love John Candy movies. And Harris, like, took his mind off of the game for a second. And it was all Harris needed to go out and have like the drive of his life because they were they had to pass on pretty much every play, right? Because it was right. two minute drill. They had to win the game, and that's the toughest thing for you against know a good tackle Bengals defense too. against a great great defense, right? And they drive down the field. He throws the strike to John Taylor. He throws the strike to Jerry Rice. Unbelievable protection, and they win the Super Bowl. It just like it's so indicative of, of, of Joe Montana being able to know what his players needed on the field at that particular time. And he, Harris Barton needed a laugh. He needed to take the pressure off of himself. But here's what, why I wanted to comment on what you were saying, Jeff, and why it was so astute for you to bring that up. The reason Joe Montana could be that way on the field is because he was always so darn prepared. No one prepared more than he did. He did. So why not have some fun out on the field? He had seen in his mind. He had already seen every defense, every rush, every pass, every pattern because he had gone through them a thousand times. And so again, another Joe Montana lesson I learned that I share with people every day. My own kids, co- kids I've coached, business people I work with. There is no substitute for preparation. And Joe Montana, top of the shelf when it come when it comes to preparing to win. And, you know, that's the best I could say about jumping, Joe. Jumping forward to the great story from that Super Bowl of, of the Niners winning the last second against the Bengals. Jumping forward to this current Super Bowl, how do you see this game going? Not only kind of score, but how do you see, like, are, are the Chiefs going to fall behind again? Andy Reid said for his press conference, you know, he's confident they can work themselves out of it. But he said it's not good for his own health. You know, yeah, he's, yeah, he's yeah. worried. How do you see the kind of the game flow going? What do you see the score and what do you, what do you expect there? Well, look, I'm going to take – Can I? You, do you mind if I take a second to go three scenarios? Because I, I know that's taking maybe a little bit of an easy way out. So I'm going to go, I'm going to go one extreme. I'm going to go what I call down Broadway, down Main Street, where, where I think the game is going, and then I'm going to go to one other extreme. The first extreme I'm going to start with is if the Chiefs somehow jump out to an early lead whether they get the ball first and score early off the kickoff or, or, or getting the opening kickoff or whether they defer, however that works out. But if they get the ball early and they jump out to a lead or early in the game or sometime in the first quarter or half, they score on either a defensive score or they get a special teams play that causes a score or gets them down close, right? Like a great return or a fumble recovery on the, on the 49ers 10-yard line. Something that puts their offense up early 
based on what the defense or special teams do. If they jump out to that early lead, I think the Chiefs blow them out. I just think they're too explosive, and once they taste blood and they put their foot on the gas, I think this offense is ready to roll no matter what the 49ers put on them. And I think at that point, the Niners will press, and they won't be able to come back if the, if the Chiefs can jump out to an early lead. That's extreme one. If I go extreme two, and I think the Chiefs, which has been their pretty, re- pretty much their recipe for this season, right, Jeff, is get behind – win the game like what the heck Andy like what are you like Andy joke right it's bad for his health it's it just seems to be that has been their formula the last couple of weeks and games and through the playoffs right was get behind figure it out take a second take a deep breath game plan for what had happened and then win the game so you can't deny that even if they get behind they can't win because they've done it against some great teams in the playoffs but my Broadway prediction, right down Main Street, driving right down the lane on a, on, a, on a basketball layup, is I think this game is going to be a back and forth, 27-24, maybe 27-21. The Chiefs are going to win because I think they just have more. I think offense is going to win this game. I know that the Niners have been touted as the more complete team and their defense is better. I don't want to take anything away from the Chiefs defense because – they have gotten better every week, and I think their defensive line is playing fantastic right now. And I don't think the running back by committee for the Fortners is going to do uh, is going to be a problem for the Chiefs. I really don't, considering the way they stopped Derrick Henry last week or two weeks ago. So, with that said, my Broadway prediction down Main Street is close game, twenty one score game, twenty seven twenty four, twenty seven twenty one. I don't think it's going to. Beat, I know the over/under right now is about 54 or something ish in there. I don't think it's gonna. I don't think it's gonna be like unless unless the Chiefs get out early, then they could beat the over/under. But if if they don't, I think it's gonna be right down right down there with the Chiefs, you know, winning. And it's not gonna be like uh, the Chiefs score and win 27-24. I think the 49ers are gonna have to come back, and I think the Chiefs are gonna hold them. So I think the Chiefs are gonna jump out by like two touchdowns and then stay ahead, and then maybe at the end of the game in two-minute drill or something, the, the 49ers get it close. But it's not going to be – the whole game is not going to be that close, It's but it's going to be close score at the end. That's that's what I think. We'll see where it goes. Yeah, and it, one of the closer lines it spreads has been kind of going between one and one and a half. So I'm really expecting a tight game. Um, and I, I love the matchup of Mahomes versus – defense line. That's going to be so fun to watch. The, the, the pressure. That, this is the best, whether it's not the best defense, but it's definitely the best pass rush he's faced this year, which is going to be no doubt. Uh, a great challenge. Um, and, I, and there's so many cool stories. It's in Miami. I'm curious to see how Sammy Watkins does. He's been doing better now that he's healthy. Uh, played very well through the playoff. He's from Fort Myers, so he right. has he said more than 30. He might have 50 friends, family members at the game. He had a, you get 13 it. tickets. He had to pay for um, the additional uh, friends and family. Enjoyed it. So this this is going to be fun, Joe. I, I can't wait. Yeah, Jeff, it's going to be fun. I'll tell you a funny story it's, at some point about the the paycheck I got once from the Chiefs, and I, I showed showed it to Mr. Hunt to Lamar years later i got a i got a paycheck once when we played the jets in new york i got a paycheck for a dime and i was like mr hunt you know what why did number one i 
I, I brought them the check and I said, Mr. Hunt, I just wanted to thank you for this 10 cent check because <laughs> I had bought. And so it was, a, it was actually a preseason game. So, and, and I said, um, I said, I'm, I'm sorry I've been screwing up your books for all these years with this not cashing this 10 cent check because I always wanted to show my daughters when they were asking for something how much money I made when I was playing professional <laughs> football. And, and, I, and I went and I said to Mr. Hunt, I said, uh, he said to me, Joe, he goes, why did you save that check? And, and I said, well, that's the reason why I saved it because, you know, but it was a preseason game and, you know, we'd had a ton of folks come and they took that, they took, used to take those ticket costs out of your paycheck. So I ended up with a, with a check for a dime and I, I still have it um, just so I can, you know, my daughters think that, you know, we were making gobs of money back then, you know, in the 1990s playing football that I can say, hey, girls, this, you know, I only that, made 10 cents. That's a great story. Was Hunt amused by it? Did he find that funny? That, that he, story? he loved it. He, well, I had to, he was so amused by it. He made me make him a color copy of the check. Oh, that's so great. I went and I went on a color right. copier and I, and I had to make him a check of it and send it to him because he was yeah. so excited to see that 10 cent check. That's so cool, Joe. Well, as we wrap up here, do you have any, uh, do you have a two cent thing to throw up? Not 10 cents, but your two cents to throw yeah, up. Not 10 cents. Wrap up here. Well, I think, you know, be excited for this game, everybody. You know, if you're, if you're a Chiefs fan, you've been a Chiefs fan forever because it's an unwavering group of people. And I want Chiefs fans to savor this moment, you know, regardless of the outcome, um, to know that this team did everything they possibly could to get there and savor it. We hoisted the Lamar Hunt Trophy. Um, it's been 50 years in the making. Go out and just eat the barbecue, all the barbecue you can uh, while you're enjoying this game and, and, and really just savor, savor the moment. Because, you know, in, in, in reality, in life, you don't know when these things are going to happen again. So just go out there, focus on the matchups, watch it, enjoy the game, all the things that, you know, you and I talk about. Listen to those things and look for those. But just enjoy, you know, enjoy the Chiefs being in the Super Bowl. Cause to that you just, point. You never know. You never know. And to that point, uh, it's funny. I think there's a little bit – of the difference between the younger fans and the older Chiefs fans. Like myself, who grew up in for the Chiefs were so good for so many years. There's so many playoff disappointments. I think we all get real nervous in the, the young yeah. in, in the in situation. The younger fans, if you're in your early 20s, all you, all you know is Mahomes. You're carefree and, and you have not yeah. a concern in the world. <laughs> yeah. Oh, other, we're down by 24. Who cares? I mean, this. This is a special team with a special player. And, and just enjoy the run. Uh, it's, it's, Absolutely. It's, yeah. it's a, such a cool thing. Yeah, well, it's, a, it's a beautiful thing. It's a beautiful thing. Well, if you enjoy the show, please subscribe and rate the show on iTunes. We're available on your favorite directories, iTunes, Spotify, Google Play, Stitcher, Luminary, and TuneIn. You can find us at Believe.com at Believe Podcast. We'll be back next week to wrap up the Super Bowl. Thank you for listening to Believe. You can show support to your host by subscribing to the show and giving us a five-star rating on your preferred platform. Check us out at Believe.com and search for B-L-E-A-V on YouTube. You know when you're listening to a true crime story that has an unbelievable plot twist that makes you stop in your tracks? That's what our podcast, People Are the Worst, brings you with each episode. I'm Rachel. And I'm Rebecca. We're identical twins who love true crime cases that make you say, didn't see that coming, and we hate the people responsible for them. Listen to People Are the Worst now on Apple, Spotify, or wherever you get your podcasts.